Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies, along with some great guidance for your overall business, then you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast. It's Kirsty and Isaac from Real Coaching here again. In this episode, we're going to be speaking with a good friend of ours in the realm of Amazon, as we've known him for about six years or so now, even though I'm not even sure we've ever physically met TJ. I think it's always through, I don't think through so. conference. Yeah, I don't think we've ever met. Um, we're speaking with TJ Highland, who has a new role at a company called Elevate Brands, which is a company that specializes in acquiring Amazon brands and running them to elevated heights, hence the name, all while pay, uh, paying the original owner a handsome buyout so that both parties walk away happy in the end. That is, of course, if the company is a good fit for purchase. Uh, so we're going to be speaking today, today with TJ about his new role and how Elevate Brands looks at businesses for acquisition. That's right. So we, you might have seen TJ on another podcast of ours when he was in a different role for a different company. So not only is he great on the acquisition side, he's also great on the financial side and just pretty much everything Amazon. You've been in this space for a long time. Um, but we wanted you to come back on and talk about you know your new role, what you're doing, how you're helping Amazon businesses. But assuming most people haven't listened yet to the previous episode, we always still like to know a little bit about your journey. And of course, you're moving forward as well. So maybe give us a bit of rundown about, you know, how you got into this space and what you're doing now. For sure. Thanks for having me, of course. Uh, so I got into the Amazon space in 2014. Uh, so it's been a while now. Uh, originally working at a company called World First, which happens to help businesses that were selling internationally with bringing their you know, foreign earnings back to USD or back to their home currency, whatever it may be. After about four or five years there, I moved over to Payoneer, which is a similar company helping, you know, cross-border payments, making payments, receiving funds from your Amazon store or any other marketplace, uh, as well as on the funding side, which is, I think, you know, if you go back and listen to what we talked a bit about on our, on the last episode I recorded, and then about a, a month and a half ago or so, I joined Elevate Brands. So Elevate Brands is, you know, one of the names in in the vastly growing world of, of aggregators. Um, you know, we don't particularly like the word aggregators, but that's what everyone refers to us as. And I think the word operators is better because we are operators first. Um, if you go back sort of to the history of Elevate, we started in 2016 as sellers ourselves. So our CEO and COO, Ryan and James, um, did retail arbitrage, right? So they were selling wholesale uh, or buying wholesale, sorry, and selling retail uh, name brand shoes, Nike, Adidas, all that on Amazon back then. And then what happened in 2019, a good friend of theirs was in the M&A world and said, you know, there's a tremendous opportunity here. Mm -hmm. um, so he came on board and, and kind of the, the rest is history up to, to where we are now. Uh, to date, we've acquired 30 brands. Uh, we have probably another 10 or so under LOI, so a letter of intent to acquire. Right now, we are acquiring about one a week. So it's it's growing really quick. Uh, we're hoping to get closer to to fifty by the end of the year. Um, and the thing you know, the thing is, it's it, we're not just buying anyone and everything for every price. You know, it's it's very strategic because I think we have a little bit of insight on on the operational side and what it takes and and how each brand operates. You know, and I'm happy to go into to that a little bit more as well. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. So my next question is kind of in that vein. So uh, I was going to ask you, what are the core ways that Elevate Brands work with sellers? Because from what I understand, you don't just acquire the brands, 
you also help them scale without a buyout. Is that pretty much how it works? Yeah, 100%. If, if a brand is looking to exit fully, we can absolutely support that. But, you know, I think the, the ultimate question is, is to start at what is your goal, right? And, and I often ask the sellers when, when we talk for the first time, what is your goal? Not necessarily your business goal, but your, your end goal, right? Like, do you want to have enough money to retire and never work again? Or are you of the serial entrepreneur world where you want to sell this business and start another one? Or do you want to start another Amazon business, right? So you, you need to decide what you want to get out of this. Right. And then I also think, you know, taking a step back from there is what can you do and what do you have with your brand today? So, yes, like I said, the 100 percent full acquisition where the owner uh, is gets a hefty payday and, and rides off into the sunset. Absolutely fine. Absolutely. You know, something that we do. Um, the other side of the thing is, you know, we are very flexible in terms of you know what we're offering brands and sellers, right? Well, what I find is like a lot of entrepreneurs are not ready to, to hang it up on these brands that they may have only been working on for a year and a half, two years, maybe three years. It's their baby, right? So they're not ready to, to hand the keys over to somebody else who may not know as much or definitely doesn't know as much insight into the business and the operation and the sourcing and et cetera that they do. So from our perspective, from an operator perspective, it's an incredible advantage for us to have uh, the brand owner or the founder or whoever it may be stay on, right? So nobody is going to know their business better than they do. You know, we have a model in which we have a, a brand manager for every brand that we acquire and they kind of act as a mini CEO uh, with a budget and growth targets and they figure out the PPC and the sourcing. And you know, we have a logistics team that's kind of sits across all of that. But if you're able to bring on a guy or a girl who's been doing this, who's been growing that brand, who knows the potential and knows like different levers to pull, you know, that's incredibly valuable to us. So in terms of what we do in joint ventures, it could be 50, 50, 60, 40, 80, 20, right? So, you know, it, it, we're, we're very flexible. We, we want to make sure that the brand owner is getting what they want and also what we want, right? It's it's not like we need to buy your business and, and kick you to the curb. That's definitely not what we're looking to do. And and to the point is like, there's a lot of value in, in having a brand owner that wants to stay on because they're motivated, right? They they see the potential in their business. When, they, when a brand owner comes to us and says, I want to do a joint venture, that's that's a really good sign for us because that means they still see a ton of potential in their business rather than someone, and, and it's not always the case, but rather than someone that, you know, 100%, I want to you know, kick back, get my cash and see you later. You guys can figure it out. Yeah. So, you know, there's obviously a balance there, but, um, you know, the flexibility in which we offer on the deal structure and, and even the payout structures is mm -hmm. sort of unique in, in terms of the market. Yeah. So that's interesting because I think... Um... A lot of people, they do see it that way, right? It's kind of like, okay, I'll build it, I'll sell it, I'll start again kind of thing. Um, and then they also see another side, which could be I'll get investors and and then I get a whole world of pain <laughs> with that, right? Because they don't fully realize what that actually means because the investor might just give them a bunch of money, but he's not actually invested in the growth of the business. So if you kind of think of it that way in terms of like what you guys do, it's almost like, taking the business, the whole business to almost like a, a shark tank, right? Where, but you, you guys have a team that I assume that you, that the brand owner or the CEO can plug into the business. 
um, but they get to still steer the ship. Is that how you kind of think of it? Spot on, hundred percent. And and that's like so. Like I mentioned, we have thirty brands right now, and you know, I think most of them or majority of them are, you know, fully run by by the Elevate team. So you know, everything from the sourcing through to the selling, the PPC, the SEO, all that. When we do a joint venture like that or a partnership, what it does is it allows the original brand owner to to focus on what they like and focus on their strengths. So, for example, we have a brand that that we acquired and they're really into the product, right? They, it's, uh, you know, in the fitness space and they're really into the product, sourcing, product development, creating new SKUs, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So let them do that, right? That's their strength. They know the, the, the supplier, they know the product, they know the demand. Let our team focus on the PPC, the inventory, the logistics, the, you know, A plus mm-hmm. content, the digital, all that kind of stuff, right? So it's, Absolutely finding that balance because there's other examples where that person or, or the brand owner in general is, is better and enjoys the PPC, right? Maybe they're a PPC expert or whatever it is. Cool. You can continue to do that. And but if you don't want to, you don't have to. And and that's where I think it, the real value comes in, in in those joint ventures and those partnerships is like letting you as the brand owner, A, take some money off the table obviously recouping your initial investment, hopefully, uh, and then some, um, and then also focus on what you like to do, focus on your strength and then on the back end, reap the benefits, right? So every situation is different, but you know, you're going to continue to hopefully generate a, a significant amount of revenue. And if you're 50, 50 partners, you're sharing that. And then what we typically have with those joint ventures is, you know, elevate would then have the option to buy the remainder of the business in two years or three years. And, mm. you know, by then the, the brand owner might be ready to sell. And if not, you know, something else can be worked out. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great option because I think um, a lot of people, when they get to a certain level is they, they start to see that there's more to just getting the sales, right. You've got to manage the inventory, you've got to manage the cash flow, and you've got to keep the whole thing moving. Um, and then they f- figure out that, well, actually, I just really like this part of the business. So then what they do is they try and find a 50-50 partner or they try and find a business partner. But what they tend to do is, is go to their spouse, mate, <laughs> right. um, you know, someone that they think should be a 50-50 partner, but doesn't actually add, not that they're bad people or anything, but might not bring them the growth that they need. Yes, they could they could come into the business and maybe do some stuff in the business, but not necessarily have a partnership that's going to actually elevate it right so i think that's it's if anyone's listening that's the way i kind of listen hear about it i'm thinking yeah that would be an awesome opportunity because you're going to get massive leverage and if you're coming to you guys it would be about well okay what do you get for the what 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 do i get for the 50 percent as the as the brand manager the ceo um what leverage are we gonna are we gonna get so that it means that you guys take that 50%. So I think yeah. it's a really good way of kind of thinking about it. Don't, you know, don't go to someone in your family, maybe go to someone who's actually <laughs> got experience and has got the systems and processes to like make it happen. Yeah. Spot on. The, the other question I have about it is um obviously you're gonna have to run new products, get new inventory. How does that work when it like you said you put budgets on the buyouts, but in this one, do you use it is it like elevate brands and the owner? put the the inventory 50 50 and all that stuff or or whatever that percentage is or is it kind of like you guys work that out in the deal of what whatever way you want to do that 
Yeah. So when the deal is is being created and, and then signed, like a lot of those logistical things are are figured out in the sense that if it is a 50-50 partnership, then you know, costs moving forward are 50-50 as well, because mm-hmm. you're getting 50-50% or you're getting 50% of the the revenues as well, right? As the yeah. brand owner. But what I would also say is every situation and every brand is unique and every situation is unique, right? So, you know, it's that that's the common way. That's what we've done in the past. But, you know, I'm sure that, you know, other options are, are on the table. And, and that's really just back to the, the point, like I'm saying, it's, you know, we're, we're flexible. Like we have a pretty extensive M&A team with a really good background in there and who's done, you know, large corporation M or mergers, M's um, and, and A's. So, um you know, when it comes to the the Amazon world, you know they're they're pretty familiar with with all the options, and and I would say nothing's really off the table. Awesome, I think as well. Like this, I mean, I think a lot of people we've had quite a few different um, aggregators, <laughs> should I say, um, or people right. looking, you know, to buy businesses. Um, and so, you know, they've heard the the thing about you know you've got to have great profit, and this is what we're you know we're looking for, you know, future growth, etc. But so when it comes to elevate, what because it's kind of a different model, I think that you that you want to kind of go where well, you're already operating at. So what would you be looking for as a potential buyer or as a potential business partner to buy out in the future? Um, what stage of business and what kind of entrepreneur and CEO you're looking for? Yeah, so especially on the joint ventures, we want a, a super driven person, and and I think that's generally what what we see in in this space is, you know, if you can create something, and in this instance, a multi million dollar business, usually out of nothing, you know, six months ago, twelve months ago, two years ago, whatever it is, you know, that person is is driven and, and special in in different ways, in many ways, really. So it's like circling back to kind of you know what are we looking for. Um, it really varies, right? So, you know, looking at businesses of, of all different sizes, we're, we're pretty category agnostic. Um, the one that we kind of stay away from is the, is the human supplements world, uh, just because there's a lot of, uh, you know, compliance around that and any sort of digestibles. Um, but other than that, you know, we have products and categories in, you know, out, outdoors and sports and, uh, fitness, like I mentioned, uh, a tea brand and um, beauty products and like a athletic wear. So, you know, it really runs the the gauntlet at, at this point. What we're also looking for is, you know, when we see a new brand, yes, it could operate as its own within ours, but then also how does it fit in with our existing portfolio? I wouldn't say that's a deal breaker, but if we already have an outdoors brand and then we can acquire a product that's complementary to that, that's really helpful for us because then we can also potentially consolidate on the supplier side or, or the logistics side. You know, there's a lot of nuances there and the branding as well. In terms of size of business, again, we're, we're pretty open, right? So we've done deals for that pay out, you know, a million dollars. We've done deals that pay out, you know, tens of millions of dollars. Um, I would say the sweet spot is really, uh, a business doing revenues of at least, you know, a million dollars a year, uh, up to 10. Um, I think that's a, a really prime spot because to me, that means the business is in a really good position, but also has a ton of potential. Um, and, and that's what we look at. You know, I, I spoke to a brand the other day that 
you know, we're still in conversations with, and, you know, they were, they're on track to do, I think $9 million this year, uh, in revenue. Um, and we looked at his storefront and he had, it wasn't nice. Right. And there was no A plus content. There was no videos. The, the listings were okay. He was doing PPC by himself. Um, and to me, and, and one of our m and guys was on the call and it's like, that brand still has a ton of potential, right? Yeah. They're already doing 9 million or whatever it is. And we can make small changes and elevate that pun intended, 100% intended. Um, <laughs> but that's the other thing, right? So, so no secret, there's a lot of money in this space thrown in by private equity and venture capitalists and all that. And, and what they want to see is growth right? Growth of our portfolio. So if we can buy a, you know, $2 million business and grow it 5X to 10 million, incredible. A lot harder to take a $10 million business and grow it to 50 million, right? So, you know, I, I think, you know, we're we're not going to say no to any of those larger brands. You know, we, we definitely acquire them. And I think the other side is when we talk about the joint ventures is when you have a brand doing 20, $30 million a year, there's typically a lot of, organizational or operational infrastructure that they have, whether it's VAs, whether it's people in the U S or wherever they may live, um, you know, in the warehouse or, or whatever, you know, a lot of brand owners don't want to cut them out. Right. Those, those are people that have been loyal to them and, and create, help them create what they created. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, for example, we, we just acquired a brand um, last week or two weeks ago and the CEO, the owner, is gone. He, he, that's what he wanted. He wanted a full acquisition. But what we did is we actually acquired 12 of his staff. Um, so like that, again, it comes back to the flexible, like that's very much on the table because what we know they're coming into their busy season Q4 and there's no way, even if we were hundred percent experts in their category and whatever it is that we could do what those 12 staff plus more do uh, to keep up with demand, to keep up with order fulfillment, et cetera. So, you know, for, for our side, it's like, that's an incredibly valuable piece is to, to get 12 experts in the business that know how it runs to continue running it. And you're going to see natural growth. And then you pull a couple levers and you're going to see more growth on top of that. Yeah. Now I think that's awesome as well. Cause I think that definitely runs through a lot of people's minds when they've built a team. It's like, you know, they've been working with them. They've helped them grow the business. And then there's no job once they, you know, the business is gone. It does it, emotionally, it does play on people's minds, and it might stop that and might delay a decision as well. I also think about the what you said about the the kind of two million range because I think a lot of people don't want to sell yet until you know they're they're going well. They're like, I'm at two million. I want to get to ten, and I want to exit for this amount of exit, right? But there's a like you said, there's a big jump between that and that. And a lot could happen in between, right? We just don't know what what could happen in between. So I like the idea of kind of shoring that up with a team that is working across multiple multiple categories um, to to allow you to get to at least that um, level and get more than the just the two million that you were going to kind of exit for in the end, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's a great way of, of of doing it if you want to continue in the business. Yeah, and I think just on that point, Chrissy is. You know, I spoke to a seller the other day and he's doing good numbers. And he says, well, I wasn't planning on exiting till 2023. I want to increase my sales by, you know, another million. And he's a multi-million dollar seller. He's like, I want to increase my sales before I exit because 
he has investors in his business and he's like, I want him to get a higher multiple, this, that, and the other. And the thing is where you have to think about in that point is like, it's no guarantee that you're going to grow the business by whatever it is, um, you know, in, in the next 18 months, right. Or, or 12 months, whatever, however it works out. Yeah. The other thing is to consider is, you know, and something that's come up a lot lately is there's potential changes to the capital gains tax in the U.S. coming next year. So if you're looking to exit next year and only next year because you're trying to grow the business to get to X, like the growth and the efforts that you're putting in here with the increase in, in capital gains tax, could you could just be netting out right? Or, yeah. or potentially making less. Obviously, you know, I'm not giving tax advice and you should speak to your CPA. And, and that's one of the things that we talk about is, you know, um, having clean books and having, having books in general. Um, we find a lot of entrepreneurs and especially in the Amazon space start out small and, you know, they start out on their own and then you use your uh, you know, family bank account, and then you kind of just it gets rolling, and you never change it, and you never have your CPA look at other things, or you never have your books in line. So, you know, from an evaluation or or valuation standpoint, you know that's in- incredibly key as well. But yeah, just just back to that, you know, you need to make sure that you know you're you're hanging around to grow your business for the right reasons, and that you can you know the multiples are never have never been higher, right. That they were paying out, you know, anywhere from three, four, five, six, seven, I've seen eight X, right. You know, these are some serious numbers for a business that you may have invested 20 grand in. Right. And, and you can have a nice payday. And like I said, in the beginning, whatever your goal is, whatever you want to do, you can figure that out um, and, and make sure that you achieve that. But, and, and money's not going to make you happy, but it might make things a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That kind of rolls into a couple of questions here. The first sure. one, and I'll kind of ask as a two-part question because it kind of makes sense the time together, but essentially what would you tell? Because we talked about like getting the end goal in, in order and obviously having your books in order so that way you can know what you're walking into. But what would you tell an Amazon seller that they need to figure out you know, for themselves and for the business before they come knocking on the door at Elevate Brands and then kind of tie into that because people always ask like, when is the best time to sell your Amazon business? Cause it kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. So when is the best time to sell? It's like, I, I can't answer that. Right. It's, it's such a unique question. And you know, personally, my answer is today or yesterday, right? Like we're looking to grow and hyper growth and, you know, we're, we're paying nice multiples out and like, you know, there's no promise of tomorrow. Right. And I think everyone knows that in the Amazon world, Amazon can flip a switch or, you know, whatever marketplace, whatever could happen. You know, we're seeing crazy prices on the uh, logistics and the container costs. Right. So, like, nobody could have, foresee- maybe you have, could foresee that coming, but like, not in terms of how much it costs now. Right. So, your cost of goods sold are probably diminished compared to they were 12 months ago in the, the height of e-commerce. So it's, it's hard to say when is the right time to sell. Um, I, I personally think it, it comes back to what we're talking about is like inside, like deep inside, you need to have that decided. That's something that you need to figure out either with your business partners or with your family or whatever it is. Understand you know what's next for you, whether it is, like I said, creating another business or, you know, going to, to live on a beach in Bali or whatever it is, right? Like you have to figure out what's next for you. 
then I think you can work backwards from there and, and decide if now is the right time to sell. In terms of what we're looking for as a business, you know, you'd you'd be surprised with with some of the businesses that come in to us and say, you know, I'm looking to sell, and you know, they don't have anything right on the financial side. And you know, what we typically ask for are PL statements for the last two years, as well as a an ASIN report uh, from Amazon. You know, what what we're looking for is, you know, on the operational side. So we have 30 brands, like I said, and we're looking to grow. So a brand with a thousand SKUs is very complicated and not as attractive to us as a brand with one SKU, right? It, mm-hmm. it, there's obviously balance in between, but if you have a, a one SKU business doing multi-million dollars, that's super attractive to us, right? Because what you can say is, you know, we can add, you know, complementary products to that. We can, you know, create that into a larger brand, whatever it may be. But when when coming to us, what what we do find is that a lot of sellers and entrepreneurs have started multiple brands, right? And they have multiple brands on one seller account. Um, that is something that I would, I would advise against, right? In the sense that you own three brands and they're all on one account. It is incredibly difficult uh, and risky to do a listing transfer. Um, a lot of times, the reviews don't transfer. The you know the seller reviews, the store reviews, the product reviews, um, and a lot of times the the listing gets shut down as well. So mm-hmm. for us, we we don't want to do any listing transfers. So we want to acquire the store, but in the sense that if you have three brands and you're only looking to sell one of them. You know, something's going to have to give and take there. So, you know, there's a lot of things that you could figure out today, even, you know, if we talk about planning to sell or building to sell, planning today that can help your business down the line. I think like that one seller account per brand, hiring a CPA and having, you know, clean books, like even if you're small and just starting out, like having someone who knows what they're doing, if your plan is to sell, obviously everyone's plan is different, but I think these are good tactics anyway. Yeah. Um, the one thing that we say is you should be using accrual accounting versus cash accounting, uh, obviously, or especially if, if your business is growing, you know, and inventory increasing in that line um, with growth, accrual accounting is a little bit better. And then, you know, paying attention to the cost of goods sold. Um, the last thing on that is before selling, what we see is, say, you know, a business decided that they wanted to, a brand owner, sorry, want, decided they wanted to sell their business in, say, March. Right. And they do the due diligence. They speak to whomever they want to. Um, and, but they haven't ordered inventory in, in two months or so. So they're about to sell their business with very diminished inventory levels. Uh, you'd be surprised at how often that happens. It's because people are like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to order more inventory if I'm going to sell my business. But I would argue that we don't want to buy a business with no inventory. Right. Yeah. So, the, the inventory planning is because if, if we are a business, you have no inventory, A, that's, you know, whatever, six weeks, eight weeks lead time for us to get that inventory, even if, you know, sometimes the suppliers don't want to work with anyone else. That's a whole different story. But um, <laughs> then you get your supplies in, but you could be losing all the keywords and the ranks and, you know, all the review or the rank that you've built up um, and that us as an operator and a, an aggregator are paying for, right? You know, mm-hmm. if you have the buy box and then you have no inventory, and then it's like, shoot, you lost the buy box. We're no longer 
number one ranked, you have no inventory. Now we have to build that all back up. So, you know, if you are looking to sell, I would always say like inventory is a, a top key component to that is making sure you have inventory on hand and you will be compensated for your inventory. Like it, it's, it's definitely a line item in, in the agreement where, you know, we will purchase any sort of inventory on hand. So it's not like you buy it and then it's, it's out the door. It's, it's like separate uh, line items. So that's yeah. probably the, the top three things that I would say is before, uh, before looking to exit. And that's actually good. Cause we were actually going to ask you like some common mistakes and you kind of just rattled them off right there. I mean, a lot of people, <laughs> I think that the the key pointer there is that run your business like it would be run, even if you are selling it, like you would want it to be, the, you know, moving forward. Right now, I think one other thing to kind of talk about as a key pointer might be, do you try to grow the business and like expand your product lines during the sales process or when you're trying to actively sell it, or should you just focus on focusing on, you know, the growth of what you already have and making sure that's kind of maxed out? It's a really good question. It comes up often um you know i've seen stories or examples of where uh, a brand owner was only in the u.s and then got everything set up for international expansion um but didn't actually do it left it as an opportunity for the company that's acquiring them right and back to my point is we are are looking to grow these businesses and expansion of either product or SKU count or variations or marketplaces or international expansion is, is all different levers that, that we could pull on a particular brand. So while I, I don't think it's a bad thing if you're, you're selling internationally, I actually, given my background, I love businesses that sell internationally. I'm a, a big fan of it. Um, you know, if you're not, that's fine. I would say, you know, focus on what you're good at and what you know. If we talk about expanding into Canada or into the UK and the EU, all nowadays with all the different VAT and tax regulations, the logistics and with the FBA and in Europe with the UK and in Europe, it's it's a hassle, right? So we have a full team that, that focuses on international expansion of the brands that we acquire. If you already have that set up, awesome. Like, and, and that's something that can be, you know, configured in, into the agreement, right? You've already done the legwork of getting VAT numbers and you have a 3PL or you you have this solution or whatever, or your listings are already translated. Like that's, that's things that, you know, only help your case. But if you're not doing that, also fine. Like if you are growing your business, great. And just the other point that I want to talk about is about growing your business or your business in general is, especially on the financials front is, you only really get one time to show a company like us your financials, right? You, if you show us your finance, send us your financials, and we say, well, what's this? What's that? You know, you should be able to explain every trend in your business. You should know your business in and out, any movement, slow months, decrease in margins, you know, shortcomings, whatever it may be. You should be able to explain that. And if you can't, that's that's kind of a red flag to us. Is like why do you do you, maybe your business is not exactly what what you're positioning it to be. Um, so when I say you only really have one chance to do it because I've seen examples of somebody sent financials in. We say what's this? What's this? What's this? A week later they come back with eighty five percent different financials, and it's like, how can we trust you now? 
right? Like what were you trying to do and what are you doing now? And which is the truth? Um, And I think it all goes back to like running a business efficiently. And and, and in that instance, I think ultimately he could have had a a great business and and we backed out of it because, you know, there's just red flags in that situation. But, you know, it goes back to running a business efficiently and having books in line and having your numbers and understanding your business and making sure your business is a, a tight package where you, like I said, you can explain everything, you know, everything, you know, uh, every ins and outs and up and downs and, you know, every supplier you work with and all that stuff, you know, you know, this package in and out. So when you hand it to someone else, there's, there should be no questions. You should say, wow, this is impressive. You know, we can see what, we can see what you're doing month over month. We can see what you're doing year over year, you know, with five SKUs. Then we look at the other five SKUs and we look at your competitors and we look at your rank. Um, and we look at Amazon and all the other tools that we use. Like we should be able to, you should be able to hand over that package. And we say, no questions. Like we should, you know, want to give you an, an LOI to acquire your business or to partner with your business or whatever, you know, the intentions are. Yeah. yeah. I think there's some, some key things in there. Like if like, say your, your sales start to go up, and all of a sudden they just kind of go down. It's like we might have run out of inventory. Like you should be able to explain that pretty easily. Totally. Yeah. Mm. It's also having those truthful numbers, you know. Um, it's not and it's not saying that anybody's gonna lie about the numbers, it's more about the truth right. behind the numbers, right? It's like, what is the actual profit margin? after advertising, after your staff, after your car, after your house, <laughs> like all those like <laughs> random things that people put onto their, you know, right. into their books. Um, and not just the top line or looking at an app like, um, I don't know, you know, like the the softwares like MBS or, or things like that, where they give you a certain amount of profit, but it's not really taking into account all the other key things that are going on in the business. It gives you a good guide, but it's not the actual numbers in the business. And I think people operate at that kind of top level and not really understanding what it means and what the cash flow means as well, which yeah. is where the accrual accounting comes in. Mm-hmm. Totally. Awesome. So have you got any other, I know you had like that last pointer that you wanted to get in there. <laughs> But have you got any any more that you think, you know what, I, I really want someone to really walk away with this thing? Yeah, I, I, I touched on it a little bit, but I think it's important to, to realize that you don't need to have a 100% well-optimized business to exit. Like, and, and I touched on it a little bit, like we're looking for opportunity to grow your business, right? Yeah. So if, if we look at it, and I mentioned like the, the brand before, you know, they didn't have a good uh, listing just frankly didn't they 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 are cost of goods sold they're everything from you know china to the u.s to logistics they had down pat but they didn't have this part down pat and that to us is an opportunity right or you know maybe you didn't explain to to any other marketplaces you're only on amazon.com or you know maybe your your ppc or your a cost is is super high right you know that's opportunities for us within reason um to look at that you know, I think the other part of it is looking at, you know, building a brand presence. Um, not necessarily that you have to build a brand globally, like that's what we're looking to do. But it's really advantageous if you build, if you started a brand and it's only on Amazon, you know, why don't you go and get the Twitter handle and the Facebook handle and the Instagram handle for that brand? 
and start posting on that. Start building your presence off Amazon, right? Start building your following. Like, again, these are all little things that add into the, the valuation of your business. If we can go and see that you have a off Amazon following of 10,000 people on Instagram, that's really impressive, right? And that's something that tells us this, this brand owner may not have had the capacity or the time or whatever it may be to create a D2C store, but that's a, a big opportunity for us. They have a list essentially, right? So, you know, there's mm -hmm. all these little nuances, you know, and I think it's like, like I said, in the, from the jump, it, every brand is different and every situation is different. Ultimately, you want to start with what is your goal and work backwards from there. And Chrissy, I know you've, you've said that uh, a ton of times, right? And I probably picked it up from you uh, over the years, but it's like, and I feel like that. And it, not only what is your business goal, like what is your, your end goal? And, you know, then figure out what you want from your business, then figure out how you build your business to get where you want to be. You know, if we think about three years ago, four years ago, there was never this opportunity for sellers to to have this sort of payday, you know, and, and something that I've thought about for a number of years is like, what do you do? Do you just run this business in, in perpetuity? Like you, you make good margins. And if you, you know, work on your business and not in your business, you can do that. Right. And, and that's another thing. I just keep coming up with things. That's another thing that's important uh, with this is like, make sure you're like, you can go on vacation for two days or two weeks uh, and your business is still running, right? Whether that's VAs, whether that's, you know, staff, you know, in a warehouse or whatever it is, like our business, we as Elevate rely incredibly on VAs uh, uh, across the world in Philippines, in Mexico, in South Africa. Like, you know, we have a lot of uh, VAs that, that help support a, a lot of the functions of the brands that we grow. So like mm -hmm. uh, some people are, are worried about that, but like, you know, VAs are, are a very cost-effective way to, to manage and then grow your business. And, you know, we're doing it. Uh, so I think like it other works. businesses <laughs> should look to do it too. I'm pretty sure you do it too, right? Yeah, exactly. I think, right. and you know, we've got a few podcasts on this as well, I think, but you know, it's really all about, the owner being able to communicate well. I mean, that's what that's what leadership is, is being able to communicate effectively um, and make people feel supported. And, and it doesn't matter if they're in the Philippines, if they're in, you know, Romania or in the UK right. or wherever. It's, um, you know, humans operate at that level. And uh, if you're able to treat people in, this, in that way and give them opportunity to grow and um, give them the right support, then it doesn't matter where they're, where they're based and the education levels in the, in the Philippines are amazing. So yeah, you just have to kind of know that you've got that um, piece sorted as well. So tell us more about Elevate Brands. Where can people reach you? Um, I think we've got the website, elevatebrands.io. Um, how, if they want to reach out, find out a little bit more about whether they can partner with you or sell their business. Yeah, hundred percent. So the website is elevatebrands.com. Uh, you can definitely fill out any sort of form there, uh, which probably best is to shoot me an email, which is just tj at elevatebrands.com or reach me on LinkedIn, uh, TJ Highland, H-Y-L-A-N-D. Like I said, yeah, Kirstie, just the, the last point on that is to, to your point, it's it's not just an acquisition. And that's really what I want to you know get across here. It's we're, we're very flexible and understand that every brand in a different position and every brand owner is looking for something different. So let's have the conversation. Let's figure out what you want. If Elevate's right for you, great. If not, we can help steer you in, in that direction. Um, I like to think that we, we play nice with everyone in the space. You know, if certain people are, are interested in, in different things, right? So, um, 
we're, we're happy to have those conversations and, and help you through that process too. Awesome. awesome. Well, I know you've got to run. You're actually in Las Vegas right now for an expo and you know, you've got to get up there on, on, on some sort of stage, I believe, and start doing a presentation here in a few minutes. So we'll let you go, but we really want to thank you. Um, it's been awesome having you on here, TJ, and I'll give you a, a round of applause. <laughs> so thanks for coming on and thanks for all the great insights and strategies of basically and and talking us through how elevate brands can help people not just be acquired, but also buy into and scale their business with you guys. So guys, if you like what you heard today, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share our podcast with your friends who might get value out of it as well. Also to get some absolutely free training on what it takes to have a successful business to fuel your lifestyle, head to goteamreal.com to download our free training today. We'll see you next week for the next Bridge of Profit episode. And as always, we wish you the best for you and your business. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you would like to get more information about selling on Amazon, head to goteamreal.com for some absolutely free training.